so uh, today's session is a little bit different. Uh, it's not based on a, any specific passage or anything <clears> that. Uh, when we were doing the book of Thessalonians, uh, we saw that uh, Paul talked about discipline either directly or indirectly. And also in many of his uh, epistles, uh, Paul talks about discipline uh, either directly or indirectly. And all of the teachings that we see in the scriptures uh, point to a life uh, that is disciplined uh, in the sense that it is in accordance with the word of God and according to God's teachings so that we can mature in our faith and we can be a greater blessing and we can live a life, a life of holiness and a life that is separated for God. So what I wanted to do today is uh, look at uh, five uh, scenarios, uh, start with some uh, some basic uh, introduction on disciplining, uh, then look at five uh, situations uh, which are fairly straightforward and see how we would respond to it uh, either based on our experience or how we have uh, responded to it in the past or what the Bible says about it. So I hope uh, we would have a discussion. So it's not going to be like a message where I give you all the solutions because I may not have the right solutions. I'm uh, hoping that we can have a discussion and we can bring our points of view. And I feel that it's important as a church that we have a point of view on certain uh, situations uh, so that we are not giving uh, different uh, solutions for the same problem uh, in the same church. So uh, all of us uh, should have a common understanding because all of us are following the same scriptures, so we should come uh, to some kind of consensus on uh, major issues. Uh, that's what I feel. And that is my intention, so that we can uh, come together and discuss this as a group. So that's why uh, this is not something I would give as a message, uh, but it's more as a discussion. So, uh, so I wanted to put it in the context of disciplining in love. Uh, so when we think of the word uh, discipline, it often gives uh, like a negative connotation. And that is why uh, we don't really hear many messages on Sundays uh, that are focused uh, specifically on discipline because a lot of people would get turned off or they may not even listen if that is the message for that Sunday. But I feel it's an important topic that we should uh, come together and discuss as a group uh, to see where we stand on different uh, issues. Uh, which may be uh, controversial in some ways, uh, which may be debatable in some ways, but uh, it's still good to discuss and have a certain point of view. So we can talk about why we should discipline and who should do the disciplining and how it should be done. So those are basic uh, questions. So we can look at uh, any situations and try to answer that question. Uh, who should take the lead uh, in terms of exercising it and how it should be exercised. And we know that Lord uh, loves uh, discipline and he also disciplines uh, those he loves. So we see that uh, in our own life, uh, we see that in our life as children, uh, as we were raised uh, by our parents, and we know that our parents, uh, they value discipline. And because they love us, uh, they, all, they have disciplined us uh, in the past. And many of us have children, so we know that we love our children and since we love them, uh, we also discipline them. And the same thing is true uh, in the context uh, of a church. Uh, the Lord uh, loves his church, which is his bride. And the Lord also loves discipline or order within a church. And since he values that, uh, he would also exercise discipline uh, to reach that point where we are acceptable in his eyes. And just a few verses uh, before we get started. So in 1 Timothy 3.15, uh, it says uh, that thou mayest know uh, how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God, uh, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. So here Timothy is uh, reminding us uh, that the house of God, uh, is a, it is the church of the living God. And there are certain principles uh, that should govern uh, how that church is run, uh, it, because it is the house of God, which is based on the pillar and ground of truth. And we know from Hebrews uh, twelve six that the Lord disciplines uh, the one he loves. And that has been our personal experience uh, in our own life. When we go astray uh, from the Lord, uh, oftentimes we are chastised 
and the Lord uh, brings us back. And that is what Hebrews 12, 11 says. Uh, no discipline uh, seems pleasant uh, at the time, uh, but painful. But later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So this verse reminds us that in the short term, uh, discipline could be painful, but in the long term, uh, it yields a fruit, uh, which is uh, very profitable. So we know that uh, from the life of our parents or from our children, we know that in the short term, uh, disciplining is uh, painful and uh, it seems harsh, but in the long term, uh, it is uh, fruitful. And 1 Corinthians 4, 13, 33 says, God is not the author of disorder. So God never brings uh, confusion uh, in his house or God is the author of order, we can say, uh, to put it in a positive way. Uh, he likes order. He likes discipline based on the word of truth and the word that is given to us. Uh, just a few thoughts on the discipline itself. Uh, when we think of discipline, uh, we may not talk about it much uh, in the church, but when we read the scriptures, we see that uh, it is very biblical. Uh, it is the counsel of God. And it is something that we can find many examples, uh, both in the Old and the New Testament. And we see that discipline, uh, it will protect uh, the purity of the church, and it will also protect the glory that is uh, due to the Lord. So if, when we bring indiscipline in the church, uh, that brings uh, pollution or it questions the holiness of the church. So it's important to have discipline. And we also see that discipline leads to a healthy growth of any church. So that is true in our own life. Uh, when we are disciplined uh, in the way we eat, uh, the way we exercise and so on, we know that we will grow in a healthy way. Uh, in the same way, when discipline is exercised, uh, we can see a healthy growth uh, within a church. And if there is anything that is not right, and we just kind of tolerate it, or if we ignore it, then eventually it will grow. And at some point, uh, it will destroy the church. So just like a farmer is very careful that they keep taking out the weeds and anything that can destroy the crop. Uh, in the same way, we need to be careful that uh, when something is not right, uh, it should be taken out so that it doesn't destroy the church uh, in the long term. And discipline should always be exercised uh, using the word of God. So the word of God does not have each and every situation that we may deal with. Uh, but I believe that the word of God, uh, if we dig deep and if we seek the guidance of God, uh, there are principles that we would find uh, that we can apply to every situation or every challenge uh, that we may face. So a lot of times people may say that this uh, situation is not in the Bible. So how are we uh, making decisions or how are we giving counsel? But the counsel is always based on the principles that we find in the scriptures. So it should not be based on what we think is right or what the society thinks is right or what everyone in the church uh, thinks is right. It should be based on God's word. And as we saw, discipline is painful. And maybe uh, it is because of that reason that oftentimes we don't exercise discipline. Uh, we tend to overlook small things or big things. Uh, because it is not easy, it is not pleasant. So we simply try to ignore it or put a blinder on it. And indiscipline must be resolved in a timely manner and also in a decisive manner. So uh, when we are trying to deal with a situation, uh, we should take action in a timely way. And it should also lead to a resolution which is consistent with the word of God and which is glorifying God. And as we read the scriptures, we see that uh, sometimes the disciplining is done by few people. Uh, it could be the pastor, it could be the elders, or it could be a smaller group. And sometimes the disciplining takes place one-on-one, uh, -on -one. but it is also the responsibility of a church uh, as a group, uh, because uh, it is a local church where a group of people are coming together as one family. So sometimes Sometimes it is the responsibility of the entire church uh, to take that measure. And church discipline is always local. Uh, it is always in the context of a local church. 
So we are not asked to discipline churches in Washington or Seattle or Florida or even India or anywhere else, or we're not asked to discipline people in the world, but just to the local church, focus on the local church, which is the family of God, which has been brought together by the Lord. And the goal is to, uh, I see only two goals, or there could be more. Uh, one is to maintain the testimony of the church, which is very precious uh, for the Lord. Uh, he calls us the bride, his bride. And a bride is, uh, when we picture a bride, a bride is someone who's spotless, very precious. And that is how the Lord looks at the church. Uh, so it is our responsibility to keep the purity of the church and to maintain the testimony of the church. And the second goal uh, is to always uh, restore uh, the believers. The end goal is never to condemn someone. The end goal is never to reject uh, someone because they made a mistake or they are indisciplined, but it is always to restore them uh, in the spirit of love. So those are some broad thoughts. What we will do is uh, we'll just take a look at some uh, situations and I'll stop sharing and we can talk for a few minutes, then we can come back and see how we would, what you guys, everyone thinks about it. So the first one is uh, maybe a common situation in many local churches. So it's very simple where Adam, we'll call two people, Adam and Caleb. So Adam has been hurt because of the insensitive actions of Caleb. So the question is, how do we resolve it? So there are two people here uh, who are engaged uh, in this situation. Uh, Adam who has been hurt because of whatever Caleb did. And we are trying to see how we should resolve it. So I'll stop sharing for five minutes so that we can see, or at least I can see everyone, and then we can discuss and reach a point. So how do you think we should resolve the situation or what has been your experience? Uh, if there are two people and there is some kind of conflict or some kind of uh, situation that has led to some kind of coldness uh, between the two people or some kind of stress or whatever it is. So it could be something practical that you can share or it could be, we could, Obviously, at the end, we will take a look at the biblical response, but I would like to hear your thoughts and your. So we'll try to uh, bring both both of them together and we'll try yes. to talk by creating some uh, peace, brother. Yeah, we'll try to talk to them, both of them. So it could be someone who takes the role of a peacemaker and brings them together. Yeah. 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 That's also a good solution. So when we know that two people are in conflict, uh, we should not let that conflict uh, stay the way it is, uh, especially in a church setting where we say that we are a family. So when we know that Adam and Caleb, when we observe that they're not talking to each other, or we know that there is some bad spirit uh, that is there, then as brother said, uh, maybe someone could take the lead and uh, be the peacemaker. Yes. Yeah, that would be a good solution. Any other options? Yeah. We can pray for them, brother. So in terms of biblical concept. Yeah, we can definitely pray for them. And I think even if you're acting as a peacemaker, before you do that, you should uh, pray about the situation so that uh, you have the counsel of God and you're not biased in any way, right? So you're acting, you're acting as a peacemaker, but you're not taking any sides in any way. Yeah. So we can try to understand like where is the root, root cause of the issue? Like what made them to fight? Yeah. yeah. Find the root cause. Yeah. So before you blame. Uh, Adam or Caleb, maybe you should find the root cause. Who, what is the situation? Get dig a little bit deeper and then try to bring them together. What if they're not willing to come to the table? <laughs> Just pray, brother. So let's pray. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes people are in conflict and they really don't want to come to the table. They want to hold on to their grudges 
uh, they really don't want to be reconciled and they find some happiness in holding that grudge. But that is not the biblical way. And uh, so should you let that situation continue if, they, if they're not willing to come to the table? If they're not willing to reconcile, should you let it go away or should you try to force them to come together? So not to force them to come together, brother. So until or unless they are not affecting both of them, so we can mm -hmm. just let it go. Like as the time flies, like yeah. if we pray, so everything comes to. Yeah, maybe give it some time and maybe things will fall in place. Yeah. Anyone else has any thoughts on this? How to bring Caleb and Adam together? So, if it is uh, first time uh, issue is happening, then I think better to give some time. Uh, um, they themselves maybe they can rectify themselves. Yeah. Without uh, uh, intervention of others, if it is happening continuously, then maybe uh, personally we can talk with them. Uh, if it is going on like that, maybe we have to bring to pastor's attention. Hmm. I think most of the time, if yeah. two people are in conflict, yeah. uh, they don't think they want to share it with everybody. Yes. Uh, they might share it with uh, someone who is close to them. Yeah. So once they come to know that something is wrong, uh, yeah. I think it depends on how you I mean, like uh, or like the way you react is very important. Like if you're adding fuel to the fire, yes, then he would be more, you uh, know, more angry on the other mm -hmm. person. So probably uh, you have to just uh, try to convince him and just tell him to forgive. And, you know, just tell him that nobody's perfect. You know, he made a mistake, no, no doubt about it. Just forgive him and... Uh, yeah try to, you know, re reconcile them by, uh, you know, just have a get together, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Hang around. Yeah. yeah, maybe even before bringing them together, maybe we can, you can talk to them directly, independently, then try to bring them together, right? So, yeah. and something like an informal setting is maybe better rather than making like a very formal thing, right? To reconcile, yeah. So it's not like a court system, right? So at the end of the day, we are just trying to be good friends or good yeah. believers. And we do it in a spirit of love without condemning them. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this? Yeah. Sometimes, uh, yeah. you know, we don't uh, know what is happening because, you know, yeah. even some. Uh, two people are uh, dis disagreeing to each other or, yeah. you know, two people may be, one may be hurt very badly, yeah. but we don't come to know about it. And as uh, someone already shared that they may share it with someone else uh, yeah. Yeah. who they are very close to. Yeah. But if, until and unless, you know, it is brought to the attention of uh, some people, I mean, the person, you know, maybe the pastor, yeah. uh, important person that who who can really counsel because uh, even sometimes you know the people may not really understand see the problem many times is because of uh, uh, gossip or because of uh, loose uh, you know the talk or because yeah. you know sometimes the, the tongue is not in control they say things they sometimes may regret and sometimes they are not even aware that uh, they are hurting others See, that mm -hmm. is a real problem because, you know, in their own mind, they think that uh, they are right. But, you know, the, the discipline has to be, is needed in such cases. So yeah. discipline is uh, no doubt uh, is painful, but uh, in the long run, it will um, prevent any more such occurrences happening. Because yeah. uh, sometimes, you know, if it just, if it, it goes on, then we lose people. Because yeah. I think we have lost people before also because of uh, such uh, things happening. Because we never know. We know afterwards too late when already the persons are very much uh, disheartened or they are hurt and 
they don't want to come anymore so it make, becomes it's earlier we take care of it uh, the better it is i think yeah yeah early intervention is always good just like we talk about yeah. health issues right it's always early intervention is good and proper diagnosis is always good we should understand what the situation is before we prescribe any medicine right so that's important yeah so in this case, Adam may not be really uh, thinking that uh, his actions are uh, not right. Yeah, yeah. It could be just a miscommunication also, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take a look at a short uh, passage, which is from... Okay, so in Matthew chapter 18, uh, we see a similar uh, situation, and uh, we can read this passage. Maybe someone can read. Yeah, Matthew chapter 18, uh, 15 through 17 may work, yeah. Yeah, would someone like to read? Yeah, Matthew 18, 15 through 17. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault, just between the two of you, if they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Yeah. So this is similar to some of the discussions uh, that we had. So in Matthew chapter 18, we see there is a progression in way uh, the situation is being dealt with. Uh, it starts as a very private uh, situation. Then finally, it comes to the church, which means the whole uh, congregation is kind of involved. So it could be a small church or it could be a small group of believers of who, to whom the thing is brought up. So we see that uh, the first point is uh, important. We see that even though Adam is the one who is hurt, or Adam is the one who's the victim. Uh, but we see that he's the one who's taking the initiative to approach Caleb. And that is something that can happen uh, only in a Christian with a Christian spirit. Uh, we don't see that uh, in the world. In the world, you would expect uh, Caleb to take the initiative and try to seek uh, forgiveness or try to seek uh, reconciliation. But in this case, uh, what we read in Matthews is that the Adam who's the victim uh, he should take the initiative to approach uh, Caleb. So if you're Adam and if you're the person who's hurt, uh, I feel that even before you approach Caleb, as Brother mentioned, uh, you should pray about the situation and seek uh, God's wisdom. And you also need to reflect on the situation yourself to see uh, whether it was one of your action that provoked uh, Caleb to act in such a way. And then you approach Caleb and seek some clarification. So it's quite possible uh, something was lost in translation. There was some miscommunication of the intent. So Adam is taking the initiative. He's trying to pray about it. Uh, he tries to collect uh, data. Uh, then you make a judgment uh, based on data, not based on uh, just on emotions. So oftentimes uh, we are simply reacting to situations uh, without really knowing uh, what is the root cause or what is the full context uh, of the situation. So it's very important to get the context uh, before we react uh, to situations. So oftentimes we make uh, hasty mistakes uh, because we just see the end uh, of the game or end of the argument and we make uh, hasty decisions. So it's good to always reflect on the situation and seek God's guidance. So it's quite possible that uh, Caleb hurt Adam, but it's quite possible that Adam was partially responsible by provoking him or doing something that uh, evoked such action. So Matthew goes on to say that if Caleb is unwilling to listen to uh, Adam, uh, who took the initiative, and if he's not willing to reconcile, then he should take one or two witnesses. Uh, the assumption is they are from the same local church. And if 
Caleb is still not willing to listen, then Adam tells the church. So it could be the leadership of the church or it could be the entire church. And if Caleb is still not willing to listen uh, to the church uh, council, uh, then the church uh, puts uh, Caleb away. So that could be putting him uh, away from uh, fellowship. So what does that mean to put Caleb away? Maybe to try to convince them more. Just try to stop convincing them, maybe. Try to stop convincing them, yes. So you tried your best, and then if they're not willing to listen, there's not much uh, you can do. And you're kind of putting them away from fellowship so that uh, they have the opportunity to kind of uh, think through the situation on their own and how they are bringing damage to themselves uh, by not having the fellowship uh, of the church. And I think that is what the uh, prodigal son, uh, when he left his father's house, uh, he went and lived uh, in sin. And we see that the father doesn't really go after the prodigal son, even though he would definitely know uh, where the prodigal son was. Uh, he could have made the effort uh, to go after the prodigal son, but he simply uh, waited in the house after putting him away, right? Uh, in the same way, uh, in Matthew, we are seeing that the person is being put away uh, from fellowship. And uh, since he's not willing to reconcile uh, with the church, and the expectation is uh, when they are out of the fellowship, uh, God will speak to them in their isolation. They will recognize their mistake. And just like the prodigal son came back, uh, Caleb will also came back, uh, come back uh, with a heart of uh, repentance. So the again, the intent uh, is that uh, their spirit uh, should be restored or the spiritual uh, blessing should not be lost uh, because of this mistake. So we already talked about some other approaches to resolve this. How about ignoring it? Should Adam simply overlook the hurt uh, caused by Caleb and just forget about the whole situation? Is that a good option? Simply overlooking, forgiving, and forgetting. Yeah, I think a lot of times we we do that. Yeah, that's that's no no. I think God is very happy with that. I feel God is happy or not happy. Happy because you you are forgiving somebody yeah. and forgetting about it. So yeah. you are not you are not uh, like chewing on the situation and trying to. Uh, build more hatred towards that person just yeah. as God forgives and forgets our sins I think we are trying to replicate him by doing the same thing sure yeah yeah that could be one way of looking at it and that would be right uh, let's say your ch uh, child makes a mistake uh, is it okay to simply overlook uh, forgive and forget oh in that scenario I think we have to discipline him yeah Try to make him understand what. Yeah, I think make him understand it. Yeah. So I think forgive and forget is good. But uh, I feel in many situations, uh, it's not good to overlook because uh, I feel that if you overlook, uh, you lose a learning opportunity or a teaching opportunity. Uh, so it is true that Caleb must forgive Adam. Uh, that would be the right thing to do. And he should also forget about the hurt uh, that was caused uh, in that situation. But I feel that if you simply uh, do not uh, confront that situation, uh, then you're kind of ignoring the mistakes. And when we ignore mistakes, uh, it's more than likely it will come up again uh, at some point uh, to haunt you. And also when we repeatedly ignore the mistakes that people make, uh, we give the impression that whatever they did was uh, insignificant, it was uh, inconsequential and it was uh, painless. So when we talk to them directly, when Caleb uh, talks to Adam directly, uh, he's going with a spirit that he is going to forgive what Adam did. But at the same time, he's going to tell Adam that whatever he did was not right. And it caused him some pain. And it was not a cost, uh, it was not a free uh, experience. So, so I think there is some learning that will take place. And when Adam wants to make the same mistake again, 
at least now he knows that if he does that, uh, Caleb is going to get hurt. So he knows the consequences of his action. And if he still does that, then he's doing it uh, in with full knowledge and full disclosure. And we see that oftentimes Jesus uh, does not ignore sin. Uh, he draws uh, attention to the sin uh, privately without uh, condemnation. And we see that uh, in our own life, uh, when we make mistakes, uh, the Holy Spirit uh, convicts us of that sin, uh, convicts us of our failures. Uh, Holy Spirit does not ignore the mistakes that we have made, but it is uh, many of the mistakes that we make, uh, they're not made public. Uh, we don't announce all the mistakes that people made on Sunday morning, right? So, but during the week, uh, we make many mistakes and we are convicted of that by the Holy Spirit. And we also know that uh, we are able to receive uh, forgiveness. So I feel that when there is that truth uh, in a conversation, when there is a truth in that relationship, and which is accompanied by forgiveness, uh, it would lead to a positive response, and it would also lead to personal growth. And that is what we see in the life of the woman at the well. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, confronted her with the truth, uh, not to condemn her or not to reject her, but to show her that whatever she was doing uh, was a mistake. And she was able to come to the point of repentance. And we know that uh, she went ahead as a changed person. So it is quite possible that Jesus could have met with that woman and just had a drink of water and kept going, with, uh, going about uh, with his ministry or whatever else he wanted to do. But we see that he took the time to point out her mistake and to bring her to repentance. And he did it privately, which is an important thing that we learned, that we should never, uh, whatever can be dealt with in a private manner, in a one-on-one -on -one conversation, uh, that is always the best thing to do, rather than making it a gossip for everyone. But there is always a room for forgiving and forgetting, as brother said, and a lot of time that may be a good approach in situations. And uh, in Proverbs 19 and verse 11, it says, the discretion of a man uh, makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. So here we see the other point of view, where even though we know- Brother, brother, oh, one point, brother. Yes. But, but Jesus told to that uh, lady, like, uh, you don't do next time, right? Yes, go and sin no more, yeah. Yeah, that is a um, thing uh, we need to learn and we need yeah. to educate them, right? Then only, otherwise, so, uh, some so people... Yes. Uh, keep on uh, making the same mistakes. Yeah. So I think that's what Caleb can also counsel Adam, right? So what he did was not right. And you yeah. should not repeat that mistake again, right? Just like we tell our children, right? You made this mistake and we expect right. you not to repeat that mistake again, right? Yeah. You... yeah. One thing, brother. Yes, brother. So when we take uh, between God and a man, right? Yeah. If we take, if there are conversation between God and a man, who is right? We don't yeah. have it out. Yeah. God is right always, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But if you're taking a conversation between two people. Yeah. Who is right? Yeah, I think uh, in some cases it would be obvious, right? Let's say. No, no. I mean to say the one who is following the scripture, basically. That's where they, that's also where the, where the like you, uh, anybody deciding who is right and wrong has to be scriptural basis. It yeah, cannot yeah. be on yeah, the yeah. feeling basis, right? No, no, yeah. Yeah. So over there also, if if there is no God in there, then it's totally different. Like there is some emotion and all going on. No, no. Yeah, that's why we said uh, it should always be based on the word of God, right? Yeah. 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 So basically, we know what I'm trying to tell you is, uh, so God is the central figure in all of the discussion what we are having, right? Yeah, and that he is the only right uh, person. Mm -hmm. There are aspects of it which, like for example, when uh, it says the when the word says that treat them as a hidden right, 
yeah what does it mean basically so he then is basically God. is the one who doesn't understand that he is a sinful man i uh, he, he has a sin the the basis of a christianity or a christian is that he knows that he's a sinner mm-hmm. and for that reason itself he has to forgive and forget mm-hmm. because if he doesn't understand that aspect in his life then i don't know where is the salvation began like because the salvation begins with this idea that you accepted that you are a sinner and when you have accepted that you are a sinner not only of the past present of the future also mm-hmm. like that's how gracious god is so but at the same time a word also says that the person who doesn't understand meaning there, there is a gravity of, of what he is doing or she is doing uh, like for example if there is a person to whom it has been made understand in this in this case adam mm-hmm. if he is repeating again and again the same thing knowingly mm-hmm. the gravity has gone somewhere else now like he is literally behaving as a heathen rather than as yeah. a believer yeah so th- that's where it says that you treat him like a heathen rather than so over there the godship there is no godship in his life like he has taken out mm-hmm. god from his life otherwise there would be a clear cut understanding Mm. when when it says that uh, two brothers if there is some problem yeah and when uh, Caleb is telling to an Adam it is with an understanding that they both are under one umbrella that is Jesus Christ yeah so it is if in they the both con- believe that they will understand yeah yeah so it is in the context of a church that Paul is writing right to yeah yeah so it is and when we read the book of acts uh, and they talk about church the church is always uh, the lord is adding to the church so there is always the expectation that those who belong to the church even if it's a local church uh, they are believers right so so we have kind of moved away from that but uh, the expectation is in this case Caleb and Adam are believers they are attending a local church and obviously we are all human so we make mistakes and we hurt people and it is in that context how you would uh respond yes one one thing uh, yeah. which i have always uh, in my personal life right yeah one thing which i have always struggled is uh, basically uh, deciding what your life is I mean as a personal as a single man right so why i'm telling you the, this is basically it's either christ or uh, no christ basically your life every aspect is of christ mm-hmm. or there is nothing of christ it cannot be half and half 3/4 and 1/4 like that so people like uh, when two brothers or uh, two people from the church is something like this is happening mm-hmm. in a very good situation the person who is at wrong will be convicted by the holy spirit itself mm-hmm. and if there is no conviction working there is something definitely wrong happening mm-hmm. not from the not at that time but from the beginning itself so if you go back to this example in matthew 18 uh, yeah. it says if your brother has trespassed against you uh, then the person who is trespassing uh, he would already be convicted and he should be approaching the brother that he has hurt but in matthew he is giving the other option which is even though you are the one who is getting hurt uh, you should take the initiative right so yeah. right so he might be hardened in his spirit or maybe he is not uh, understanding the gravity of the situation or he has simply overlooked that he has made that mistake right mm. so a lot of times people hurt but they don't really realize that they have hurt you in some way so that's why i feel that it's important not to keep it in your heart if you feel that uh, if caleb feels that adam has hurt him adam may not even know sometimes right that he has hurt caleb caleb so it's always good to uh, have that spirit where we feel that we are one family and we should have the freedom to go and talk to the other person and say that what you did uh, really hurt me and i would like to bring it out in the open so that we can resolve it right so oftentimes what happens is people think that one person has hurt them but uh, 
and the other person has no idea that they have actually hurt the other person. So it just kind of gets lost in this space and each that one, the person who's hurt keeps getting bitter and bitter uh, feelings against them. But even though they may act as if nothing has happened because they are trying to ignore it, and the other person has no clue that they have hurt the other person, right? So, so I feel there is always the opportunity to resolve it if you bring it out in the open in a way that is uh, in a spirit of love, not to fight, not to have a conflict, but just to have a adult conversation, as we say. Yeah. 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 So, brother, uh, brother, I have a question. Sure, brother. Uh, as a Christian, uh, uh, I believe like we should uh, watch ourselves uh, regularly. Uh, what we are doing? I mean, yeah. are we going in the right way or not? Yeah. At least once in a while. At least uh, once in a week. At, at least daily we should watch. Every day. Yeah. Uh, every day we should watch how how did how we did on that day and how did we um, did we hurt anyone? See, like yeah. in Job, right? So. So uh, Job used to offer sacrifices on behalf of his children. Yes. If they did any wrong or any mistake or not. So I think uh, as a Christian, we should uh, watch ourselves every day. Yeah. So without watching ourselves, and uh, so we can't say that uh, we are walking, we are we are growing in God. I, I believe, yeah. brother. So yeah. I think it's it's everyone's responsibility to watch ourselves, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good thing. So at the end of the day, I think we each. Like Job got up in the morning and prayed not only for himself, but also for his children, because he thought, obviously he thought that his children may not make that confession or they may not understand that they've made mistakes. But at a personal level, you're right. Yeah, we should do that on a daily basis to see how the day went. And if you have hurt someone, we should confess and uh, try to also directly seek uh, forgiveness from those that we have hurt. And these are some bad options which we often see happening that you could slander the person, you could people post all kinds of stuff on different things. So Adam may post things about Caleb because he thinks he's evil. Or sometimes we just uh, do the gossip uh, within the church. We simply add more spice uh, to the story and we poison everyone else. So they have a very bad impression of Caleb. And of course, we also see vengeance, which is also not good. Uh, we should not retaliate because the Bible says if you're living in a spirit of love, there is no room for retaliations. But So we see that in interpersonal conflicts, uh, if there is a reconciliation, uh, it would always uh, lead to restoration and it would also lead to uh, greater blessings, right? So we see that among friends, uh, not only in church, but also at work situation, uh, when we are dealing with uh, all kinds of misunderstandings and uh, things like that, it's always good to approach and try to seek reconciliation so that we can be restored in our walk with the Lord. So that's important. Now, if uh, Caleb is uh, insensitive, uh, yes, you know those who are uh, close to Caleb, yeah, should. Uh, Counsel Caleb. Yeah. Because Caleb is insensitive. He doesn't even know that he is. Uh... That's Adam, Uncle. Adam, yeah. Uncle. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Sometimes people are insensitive, right? They would uh, say things or yeah. they will do things that, that they may think it's okay, but it may not be okay. So, yeah. So, counseling can go a long way, but I think. Uh, Again, there should be a spirit of learning. There should be a spirit that we are willing to receive counsel from others uh, without taking it in the wrong way, right? So if people always take it the wrong way when we give them counsel, then there can be no reconciliation. There can be no uh, restoration within a church. Uh, well, what is the, if, if Adam is not ready to listen by? Yes. A real picture. Yeah. what is the solution based on Matthew what was the solution if he's not willing to listen so keep it also okay yeah we don't practice that but I think uh, it is a practical 
solution that Matthew is offering. Mm. That if person is not willing to listen to church counsel, and if they are still coming to church, if they are still participating in church activities, then obviously that's not right because they're not uh, subjecting themselves uh, to the counsel of the church, right? So their fellowship uh, in that sense may not have much meaning because they don't have that spirit of submission, right? So because uh, you're submitting to the word of God, right? So if you're not willing to do that, then obviously something is wrong. Hmm. So I think the word of God is very important. The spirit of love is also equally important. So yeah, it's close to nine, so I didn't want to get to the next. <laughs> I didn't realize it would take so long. <laughs> but we may have to continue this discussion. <laughs> so but uh we find conflicts are very uh it's a very common thing, right, in many, many churches. And we see that many churches divide uh, because uh, one person is not happy with the other person and they would uh, leave the church. And uh, then it may be too late because when someone leaves the church uh, in today's world, uh, there are many options, right? Uh, if they leave one church, if they walk down the street, they may find some other church or some other community of believers. And uh, once we, it's easy, hard to bring them back. But in the olden days, maybe there was only one church in a community. And if they didn't have the opportunity to participate in that fellowship, then maybe every Sunday they're just sitting alone in their house and they would start thinking about the mistakes they have made. And eventually they'll come back to the fellowship and repent. So that's the setting I think Matthews is talking about where they may not have any other options. Obviously, there was no internet or anything like that. But no, hi. Uh, so, in 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 what I feel is practically what is happening is, yeah. people uh, Caleb are the one who are going out of the churches, not yeah. the Adam. Yeah. Oh, Caleb is. Adam, yeah. Okay. So, which is a bad part. That is a bad church. Part. So, Adams are. <laughs> they, they, they are still in the church. The troublemakers are still in the church. Okay. So, uh, the one other thing which uh, I, I feel is so important uh, in a, in a personal life is that the the experience of salvation is very singular, right? It is not yeah. because of anybody. It what it what I mean to say is, it is not because of your wife, not because of your husband, not because yeah. of your yeah. kid, not because of your friend. So there is literally whoever is close. Salvation is not because of them. Mm -hmm. Meaning is the belief what you have in Christ is because of what has happened to you alone. Mm -hmm. So how come that process changes along the way because of the feeling of, of the reaction of what or action of other people they're doing? Your belief on Christ is based becomes based on people what they're doing. Whereas salvation is very unique. It's very individualistic, but it changes. That's what, like, that's the marvelous thing happening. Uh, I feel uh, that's where sometimes we forget, you know, we believe God for what he has done to <coughs> us, not to others. And somewhere uh, along the line, when we go to church, we are seeing others' reaction or actions for to believe God. Mm -hmm. Somewhere uh, subconscious, uh, subconsciously, we start doing that thing, which is not good. Yeah, the church has only Adams. I think we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, that will be a big problem. And no, we don't want... no, no, just no, no. According to the, the thing you know, we mentioned, yeah. we go back to the, you said you mentioned a personal conflict. Says Adam has been hurt because of the insensitivity actions of Caleb. Oh, okay. so it's, sorry. It's the, other... the, the one who is insensitive. It's yeah. not Adam. Adam is the one who has been hurt. Adam has been hurt, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. reverse, uncle. Then yeah. Yeah, it's a reverse. Yeah, sorry. We, we have Caleb's in the church sitting there. <laughs> yeah, Adam is the one who's hurt. So Ca no, Adam, Caleb's in the church. Caleb is the one, you know, who is insensitive yeah. and, you know, and he needs, uh, Caleb needs to be uh, counseled by someone who is close to Caleb. Yeah. So yeah. He may not, Caleb may not really realize that he is insensitive. 
So that Brother Ramal's point is that Caleb's are left in the church. Yeah. yeah. Adam's <laughs> are leaving. So Adam's are not happy with the church, so they simply leave yeah. because no one is intervening and solving yeah. that problem. So. Yeah, so we don't want that to happen in any yeah. church. But that's what will happen when we ignore problems. Uh, yeah. We'll always find solutions to problems, but they may not be the right solutions. So we should always try to come up with the right biblical counsel and biblical solutions. Yeah. It, it, that's what I'm telling by just say every Matthew yeah. may it is written that you should that person should be not be kept in the fellowship right yes, yes it looks very uh how do you say somewhere it's kind of a punishment kind of a thing yeah you know? it is a punishment yeah it, 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 like at the same time it looks it doesn't look spiritually logical get my point like because the, there is a preaching of forgiveness yeah uh so much and then the uh, preaching of forget forgetfulness like you should be forgiving and for, then again it, this is also preached at the same time yeah, I but, think they both go together, right? Because he is given the opportunity to uh, repent in three steps, right? No, no, no. I'm, I'm not talking about, uh, I'm talking about the word when it speaks something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is uh, one thing we should understand that there is no debate against the word. Mm -hmm. Like that That should be the faithfulness, right? Of why yeah. when the word is written. So when words say some, but what as a human being, what we bring is Lord, uh, the Bible, Lord preaches about love, you know, forgiving and forgetting. And then this is also has been preached over there. Yeah. Same thing that a person who doesn't listen should be taken out. Yeah. So that doesn't gel up with that part of the lesson. But when we do those things, you will see the result of it. That's what I'm telling. Mm -hmm. Like with, if you, if you, if you put your own thought and emotion of it, you will overlook it yes uh, rather than working on it mm -hmm. but that's the only way to retain adams and yes sure that caleb's don't because the bible says right a little leaven spoileth the whole lump and i read matthews 13 today brother yeah that was my portion today and it talks about uh, uh, tears and uh, wheat uh, yes so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know it's not, uh, it's still, again, it's always easy to discuss, but harder to practice. Yes, very hard to practice. I think it's easier to practice if everyone uh, has the same understanding, right? That it yes. is being done for the betterment of the church. And we are not doing it for personal reasons or for personal glory or because we have something personal against someone, right? So I think that maturity is very hard to come in any local setting. So. Unless that maturity comes, uh, it's very hard to do what the Bible says, even in this instance, right? Even though it's given in the word, uh, we would find it very hard to practice it. Yeah. So that is the challenge. But 